0: every team every topic everywhere this is believe my can never talk about songs talk about songs talk about
1: Yes, we do talk about them, and we've got even more of them to discuss today. Welcome to episode seven of the America's Damp 40 season of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and I am joined in all of her love rugginess by Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah.
0: Look, the golden hair is not genuine, but I am a sister golden hair, nonetheless.
1: Hello. <laughs> so we have reached the 35 mark in our countdown of 40 songs in America's Damn 40. That's right. There are now 35 songs all vying to be named the moistest soft rock hit of all time. Sarah, what are the five songs that enter the competition today?
0: Oh, boy. Uh, All right. We are beginning The Rumpus with Sister Golden Hair, So Bright, as I mentioned, uh, by America. Then we move on to The final Dan. Sometimes when we touch by Dan Hill. Then it's Summer Breeze by Seals and Crofts. This is it by Kenny Loggins and Waiting for a Girl Like You by Foreigner. I I am afraid. (laughs) I'm just going to say that there's
1: one song in particular this week that may require three years (laughs) of graduate study.
0: (laughs) just the article that we both read about this song. Oh my god. Oh Jesus. <laughs> All right, but that's that's in a few minutes. First, we're going to start with Sister Golden Hair. There were a number of America cuts that we had to choose from, but we f- I think we felt like Sister Golden Hair because it was sung to a woman was probably the moistest in terms of its sexual politics. Do you think that's accurate? Yeah, I think that Yes, I
1: would say that is correct.
0: All right, uh, right. Let's hear a clip from this maybe hot hit.
1: I ain't ready for the
0: altar, but I do agree there's times when a
1: woman sure can be a friend of mine.
0: Now, uh, here's one where I feel like sonically, the peppiness may counteract a certain moisture in the Mm -hmm. lyric. I don't know if you agree. I really like this song. I don't think it's my favorite America song, but I like it a lot. Um, But lyrically, there are definitely high you up levels, along with please pity fuck me because I'm a depressed artist. Yes. Along with I'm so sorry that I haven't called you back but I'm calling you back now so let's fuck. um this was I believe their second number one hit and uh, it has all the ingredients for a chart topper it's catchy um you can dedicate it to blondes on the radio um and like it's unsappy sonically but there's there's definitely some bullshit fitting <laughs> in the lyrics. Um, so that kind of averaged out for me and put it, put it sort of in the middle. Um, I don't know what you ended up doing, but I had it at 19th, -hmm. 17 Mm -hmm. points.
1: You basically just, um, oh, I'm sorry. How many points is that? 17 points. Yes. I got so excited to talk to you about why you're right that (laughs) I'm always
0: excited to talk about why I'm right. Tell me more.
1: So I agree with you 100 percent about the fact that the inherent moisture of the lyrics here is, in fact, undercut by the really sunny production by none other than George Martin, who produced the number one hits of the Beatles. That is crazy to me.
0: I mean, once you know that, though, it makes total sense that you're like, oh, yeah, got it.
1: And I think that his production, it just sounds so roomy, like you could drive your deuce coupe all over, all through this song and never Mm -hmm. hit anybody. And I just really (laughs) love that. It's so airy. It's so, um, I just really enjoy this song. It makes me feel good to listen to it. And it's not unlike in its way, how I like listening to I am a rock by Simon and Garfunkel, even though that is a song about being a misanthrope. Uh huh. But, like, it's such a pleasant song about being a misanthrope. Yeah, it's very singable. That counts for something. Yeah. Uh, So I agree with you, though, that the the whole thing is him trying to say, look, Becky, (laughs) I am so (laughs) sad, dude. And I've smoked, like, so much grass today. And I'm just, like... Uh, you know, sometimes it's just the world is just heavy, man. You know, it's like, do you ever feel like a plastic bag? And yeah. then, <laughs> and it's just if you just keep saying, "I need you to help me relieve the pressure," eventually you're thinking you're gonna get blown. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but again, it's like so charming to listen to that it undercuts it for me a bit. So yes, I put this song in 13th place, but I feel essentially what you just said is correct um and then the listeners put it between us they put it in 17th place so that's Mm -hmm. 23 points from me and 19 points from them and it just goes to show you how many songs are in this competition that you can be all the way down in 19th place where you put the song and still get 17 points
0: yeah and also that i do feel that it's fairly moist but there's oh god okay so so sometimes when we touch the the honesty really is really is too much uh should we get the clip over with or do you have any Well
1: let me uh, I'll just start by saying that um I didn't know anything really about Dan Hill before we started doing this research Dan Hill is a black canadian um who grew up in Toronto and then in the 80s, he had a top 10 song with Vonda Shepard, who eventually sang the theme to Ally McBeal, called Can't We Try? I did know about that song, but I hadn't heard of it or even thought about it in a long time. But Sometimes When We Touch is, without a doubt, his uh, signature song, such as it is. He co-wrote it with Barry Mann, a uh, brill-building superstar. Mm-hmm. It reached number three for two weeks in 1978. And um, now I think we need to just go ahead and listen to how it sounds. Yeah. Um, I'll also add that apparently he wrote
0: a novel in 1983. Um, I am never going to read it because even thinking about what he might have said in it makes me extremely uncomfortable. Here's that clip.
1: At times I think we're drifters, still searching for. But then
0: the passion flares again
1: And sometimes when we touch The honesty's too much And I have
0: to close my eyes Oh my God. Um, okay. There is an article in the show notes that you all should read because he's talking about this song. He's talking about a lot of things about like his background and growing up and his career. And but he's talking about the story of this song. And I did a find, I did it like Control F to look for the number of times that the transcript says voice breaks or voice breaking it's five times <laughs> one time to- in in fairness one time he's talking about his dad and also like he's talking about sort of larger issues and it's it's fine to still be hurt by something that happened decades ago like i i get it but basically the story of this song is that he like the the honesty that he's talking about is like he You know, is worried that if he says that he loves this woman, that she'll be like stage five clinger. But if he doesn't, then she'll feel rejected or something like that. Meanwhile, it's this woman named Moira who apparently was boning everyone in Toronto, which, like, you know, fine, good for her. But (laughs) she's like, well, so I'm going to move to the States with this other guy that I declined to stop fucking because I don't really love you. And he is still destroyed by it. And once you know all of this, uh, I mean, I just, this is so like needy and unable to self-soothe in a way that is just dripping to me. Because I, <laughs> I also kind of feel that same curdled, like there's no longer a purity of this feeling and that same curdled, resentful, um, love and self-loathing Möbius together that I get from the James Taylor song is present mm. in this one as well. Um, and he, like, this vocal, I don't think I remembered how, like, angry it sounds sometimes. This is... This is just a lot, and I am not qualified to talk about it because I do not have a psychology degree. So I will close by saying that I ranked this uh, fifth, 31 points. Yeah. Because sometimes when we touch, I am drenched
1: to the <laughs> <bone>. <laughs> So, okay. I... <laughs> went on such a long, tortuous ride with this song. So did I. The first time that I listened to it, certainly this wasn't the first time I'd heard it, but it was the first time I'd really paid attention to it, was last week. And I was struck by the second verse, which says, Romance and all its strategy leaves me battling with my pride. But through the insecurity, some tenderness survives. I'm just another writer, still still trapped within my truth a hesitant prize fighter still trapped within my youth. And to me, in that moment, that actually sounded like the antidote to moisture. Yes. Because it sounded to me like he was actually confronting the prison of masculine performative identity that we have been talking about for weeks now, that he was grappling somewhat ineffectively, but still grappling with the fact that he was forced into acting a certain way as a man that was keeping him from being emotional with this woman that he loves. Mm, yeah. I agree with all so that. So I was, I was ready to be like, Oh, this is 35th out of 35. <laughs> uh-huh. We have finally ended toxic masculinity. It has been done. It happened in the seventies with Thank Dan you. Hill.
0: Thank you, Canada.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then I read that story <laughs> And I thought, well, shit, all of the stuff that you just said, like he's still crying about this woman decades later. He got married and had children and everything, and he's still crying about her. And there is something about that that is so, like you said, needy and neediness is moist. And then in that context, I was forced to acknowledge that if you just listen to this song as a as an oral product, the sound of this song is. Yes. moisture personified
0: <laughs> underwater violins all day
1: yeah and underwater violins that have a little plastic ziploc bag of <laughs> additional water stuck inside <laughs> the the violin <laughs> like a like an irish car bomb of moisture happening in this song
0: <gasps> like a like a piece of Chew's gum <laughs>
1: Or Gushers, as that other thing was
0: called. Oh, yeah. This is a gusher for sure.
1: So I, out of respect for my initial response, did not move this song all the way out of the basement to the penthouse. But I did end up putting it in 10th place Uh with 26 points, which was me just trying to split the difference between my two wildly different responses to the song on two different days. Now, Sarah, it was a thrilling time watching the poll for this episode. I know that you do not watch so that you can be surprised, but I will tell you that the battle for number one was so close that it was kept going back and forth. One vote, one vote, one vote, one vote. But ultimately, sometimes when we touch, pulled it out, and it was number one for the listeners this week. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like England Dan and John Ford Coley, we honestly respect you. you are still in second place, but this week, Dan Hill has knocked you off the perch and he is in first place this week for them.
0: Wow, okay well that's <laughs> that's why they play the games as they say yeah um, I really, really wasn't
1: expecting that, but here we are.
0: this does seem sort of like a song out of time too, right like the The direct um, plaint of the lyrics has this like Elliot Smith feeling to it. But then the soppy strings come in and you're like, oh, boy, is this 70s man.
1: So totally. And it's and the fact that Rod Stewart has a version means it probably should just win and we should just all go home because Rod Stewart never touched anything that wasn't smarmy. Mm, True. But. I, yeah, I can also see, like you said, if there were an Elliot Smith version of this or a Sam Smith version of this, that it could take on a very different character. And for all of its neediness, the lyrics in the in this song are uh, pretty good. I mean, they're evocative and interesting. yeah, but we're not grading it on those on that scale. And I also have to say, for all of that, I don't imagine Sarah that I will ever actively choose to listen to this song again
0: no and in fact i might leave anywhere that it's playing including a plane (laughs) that is in the air like i just (laughs) having read that article it's just so awk that i cannot
1: including a plane that's in the air you're like wait what ma'am we only have the one parachute and you're like well dan hill's playing you're right ma'am go with god look
0: yet another dan dan cooper will now join the (laughs) countdown i'm out bring me 200 grand and a and a seven and seven. I gotta go. Or
1: you're oh. you're going under in the operating room, and this song starts to play, and you just in a in a anesthetized stupor, just roll yourself off the operating table, and they're like, <laughs> "Well, she's made her patient declaration. I guess we have to stop this procedure. <laughs> this is a HIPAA
0: violation." Everybody <laughs> Yeah, this I mean, this is extremely moist and um, I will happily overcome my fear of heights in order to get away from thinking about it again. Um, yes, but I don't now, know about you, but I think we're going to go way to the other like polar opposite side of the moisture scale with the next song. I could be wrong
1: about. Oh, that. yeah. I mean, spoiler, I agree with you. This song, however, is, I think, real fucking good. I'm just going to say that up front as well. It is. So uh, let's let it blow
0: through us. This is Summer Breeze. Here's a clip. Oh, see the smell of in the kitchen. Food cooking on the plates for two. Feel the arms that reach out to hold me in the evening when the day is through. Summer Breeze. This seems like a pretty straightforwardly like I don't know ce- celebration of domesticity this yes. just seems like um he gets home from work um there's like he's about to have dinner they have dinner they have a glass of wine it's not damp it's not stanky it's just like straight up hot day partnered sex and then you have a cold flavored seltzer and talk shit about top chef like I don't think it's that it, it's not complicated. It's not damp. It has that early seventies, like hold over from the sixties, love and spoonfully sound to me. Um, mm-hmm. This is a great song. Like I, we all remember the dazed and confused scene that this scored, but even that wasn't that like, that wasn't that damp either. It was just them like watching the sun come up on a blanket. Like, I don't know. I don't think this is damp at all. I'm not sure why it's here. I think we might have fucked up um, dead last one point.
1: Whoa. You think that this is even less damp than Operator by Jim Croce?
0: I do. Because I think there is a, um, I think there is an outside chant. I mean, I don't really think this, but you could argue that he's trying to get the Operator to throw him a pity bone. Um, Summer Breeze, I just don't. I don't think there's any subterfuge. I think it's like pretty chastely rated R, like with an L-shaped sheet for TV. Uh, I think it's just a pretty like happy, sunny, you know, good smelling song.
1: (laughs) I do agree with you about all of those things. I think it is absolutely a picture of domestic contentment, which is actually even better than domestic bliss. If you can get to contentment, that means you've gotten past the emotional peaks and found a happiness that can be sustained over a long period. And I also think that the visual imagery in this song is really good. Just like the Love and Spoonful song that you referenced, it evokes the feeling of being in the summertime. But in this song, that feeling is nice whereas in love and spoonful it's really horrible in the day and then you come home and you find a girl and then you're fucking and it's fine yeah um, thus the spoonful it's worth noting that again as we mentioned a few episodes ago seals and crofts the artist here jim seals who is in this group is the brother of dan seals from england dan and john fort coley so we have the seals on opposite sides mm-hmm. for you, it seems, Sarah. Seal
0: versus seal.
1: Uh, can I ask where you put uh, I'd really love to see you tonight for this
0: week? Uh, still at number one. So they are literally polar opposites. Brother versus brother. Yes.
1: They are polar seltzer opposites. Yes. Now, I, um, I put the song in 27th, and here's why. I just think that if you were to listen to it with no words, that groove is still... Moist adjacent. Sure. So that's the only, but like, whatever, this is not a moist song, please. However, <laughs> uh, the listeners don't agree with us because they put it in seventh place. Sarah. What the hell? I know. So nine points from me, one point from you, but 29 points from the listeners. That so crazy. Uh, okay.
0: Although I guess if you're going by the you up metric, this is more like, oh, you still up like it's a declarative
1: that it's like I, we, my guess we are partnered that people you are, are voting on vibe here which is perfectly valid mm-hmm. because there is like a sort of laid-back sexy get my corduroys off well you would never wear corduroys in the summer but you know what i mean um the the, the vibe is sexy so I, I guess that that encouraged a lot of people to vote
0: well i mean that you know the jasmine in my mind like that's you know that, that could be considered, I guess, a little bit of a line, but it's like, I think he's married to this person. Like, I, I don't know how moist it is. Anyway, that's, you know, why this is a democracy and we respect the results.
1: Yes. And so we honor you listeners. We may not agree, but we honor you. Also, just last little fun fact, this song peaked at number six in 1972,
0: Before we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work toward goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one on one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom Weight users finished the program, and more than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash believe. Again, that's noom, N-O-O-M, dot com, slash believe, B L E A V.
1: Now our next song, "This Is It" by Kenny Loggins, featuring an uncredited but very recognizable background vocal by Michael McDonald, peaked at number eleven. One of the saddest places to peak on the chart, if you ask me. And we have a whole future season planned
0: about the number eleven, so this song might be back. Yo. Oh
1: shit! This might uh, so. Not this be is it. Uh, this is this is it. Kenny Loggins.
0: This might not be it for this song in the Mastass verse, but let's hear a clip and discuss. I guess we didn't need that long a clip, but I wanted to get the Michael McDonaldness of it all <laughs> in there. Um, I tend not to think of Kenny Loggins as moist cheesy, yes, but I would say that for me, his cheesishness is a more '80s like, um arm wrestling movie soundtrack triumph (laughs) over adversity um over the top yes um meet me halfway and throw the song in the garbage on your way there um so i don't think of him as being about feelings and underpants so much as he is about winning and uniforms but okay um there's also the fact that this started out as a love song and then ended up being written for his very ill father so it's a little bit difficult to like convert it to moisture but not impossible because first of all Michael McDonald who is just like a a 200 pound bag of moist with a beard (laughs) Cole wrote the song is singing on the song I feel like we should probably have had active Michael McDonald or Doobie Brothers in this countdown somewhere but we don't it is what it is and if you think about it starting as a love song and you think about lyrically that it's basically like I'll always be by your side and uh, you know I I'm on like you can count on me but this is it basically put out or lose me or I'm also getting a strong vibe of I didn't think you were the kind of girl who cared that much what your friend said, but fine. And then he's like, I thought
1: you were cool. I thought then, you were a rebel.
0: Yeah. I thought, yeah. If you're going to let other people's opinions of you dictate the way you live your life. Fine. And then it's like zip, <laughs> He zips his pants back up, rolls the limo window up. And it's like, enjoy your sheep life. And it's like, Oh, and like, this does work. Um, I don't I don't get the sense that Kenny Loggins does that. But if you choose that interpretation and then you add m- moist old McDonald, <laughs> then it's it averages out at fairly moist. So this ended up at 17 for me. And that is 19 points. Very
1: good. So for me, I just the um 80s R&B groove of this song was just made it hard for me to hear it as moist. Uh, By the way, this song came out in late 79 but it peaked in 1980 Mm -hmm. so it is technically speaking an 80s hit with regard to the charts Um, And so that made it feel not very moist to me and the fact that he wrote it about his dying father well, that's a separate issue that a song about your dying father sounds like this, but it is a not yeah. a moist song at all to yeah. me. So for me, Sarah, I put it in next to last place, 34th with two points. Do you like the and, song, though?
0: This is not pertinent. I'm just wondering. Um, no. <laughs> I kind of love it in the same way that I like Ride Like the Wind, that it's like I, <laughs> I acknowledge that this is a C minus and I will blast the hell out of it if I am alone at the stoplight. Otherwise, we're churning it down because it's embarrassing.
1: <laughs> well, and, you know, maybe it's just that Michael McDonald makes everything taste a little better because he's on Ride, White, Ride Like the Wind, too, obviously. Oh, Jesus. I have a I have a problem. Also, shout out to
0: um, past guest and friend of the podcast, Dan Rogie, who does an outstanding
1: Michael McDonald's imitation. And just thinking about it makes me laugh. <laughs> um, was... I will say, though, that I actually love the song Meet Me Halfway by Kenny Loggins because it's so cheesy. Oh. <gasps> And that is, if I'm going to sing one cheesy song by Kenny Loggins that peaked at number 11, I will sing, I will sing "Meet Me Halfway."
0: Mm. That, that only <laughs> peaked at 11?: Yes, it did. Oh my God. Wow, that season is going to be logtastic.
1: Oh, Lord. Um, so the patrons were in between us both. They put this song in 26th place, which gives it 10 points from them and sarah from a chart facts perspective this is one of the more interesting entries in this entire season waiting for a girl like you by foreigner is famously tied with missy elliott's work it as the song that spent the most weeks at number two without ever reaching number one wow both this song and work it reached number two and stayed there for 10 agonizing weeks but could never step one point higher on the hot 100 10 weeks at number two without reaching number one would kill me is what I think. Mm. But uh foreigner seems fine because they got to number one a few years later with, I don't, or I want to know what love is. Um, now Sarah, I think that like Andrew, uh, there might be people who wonder why foreigner is here at all because they are a, uh, they're a rock band that sings power ballads but i am glad that foreigner is here because i think it is worth working through this a song like this to consider its moisture levels so let's hear a clip I've been-
0: That's why it's here. You're so when good. When we make love, it's understood. Yeah. Uh, if it's understood, why did you have to use the phrase make love and make everybody <laughs> uncomfortable? Um, this coming from the same band that has songs like Feels Like the First Time and Hot Blooded, like which were much stankier, much more overt. You're a groupie. You exist for me to bone you. Here's what's going to happen. Here's here's my key. I'm hot blooded, check it and see. But I have to say, first of all, Lou Graham's voice is really something. Like this yes. hearing this and that so distinctive Casio, and uh it just brings me right back to couple skate at the roller rank, and uh it's very of its time. That's neither good nor bad. It just is. But Lou Graham can really sell both that dirty sort of like lascivious direct sexuality and this more beginning of the AIDS era let's find the let's find the hotness in um emotional intimacy he um he really sells the i am reluctantly falling for you because i don't know how to trust because i'm a rock star and everyone's using me bit But while this is cheesy, while there is the phrase make love, I think the dampness is contingent on what you believe in terms of his sincerity um, and whether it's damp to to try to lock it down with monogamy, which I Mm. would say is not that damp. Like this just reads like he's more of a clinger (laughs) to me. (laughs) So I don't. I don't think that this is that damp, um, spiritually, aurally, it is soaking, like, this is the 80s <laughs> version of, like, you know, my hair is frizzing, um, I'm bringing right. out the hem of my pants, it's very damp, aurally, but I don't, I don't think it's that damp, I think he means it, I think he's like, great, I'm gonna settle down, cause you're hot. So uh, I had this pretty low, given the sound, 28, eight points.
1: Whoa, whoa. Um, Well, we were not so far off. I, um, you know, this is this like middle section of the countdown. I I was just like, it kind of is all a big blob (laughs) of of gooey tapioca pudding. Uh, there for a while. So I put this in 21st with 15 points. Right. But I could have just have easily put it at 28th. I mean, they're all sort of like, there's a moist quality to the songs that are in this section for me of the countdown, but it's, it's not until you get to like the top 10 really that I feel like the moisture is overpowering. So yeah, there's definitely a moist quality. And I think you've just hit on that quality quite well. The listeners, I think perhaps because of recency bias, put mm. this song in eighth place. Right. That's another theory I have, that the new songs, because they're fresh, get more votes than older, moister songs, uh, simply because they're the new kids on the block, right. uh, as it were. As it were. But again, they put this in eighth place with 28 points. Huh. Okay. Well. But will, will yeah. that survive in our next episode where the rankings are final?
0: Yeah, and it's the full the full Monty as it were. Um yeah, yes. there is at this point between I would say 15 and like 28 in my rankings. It's like any one of those songs could probably be at any other one of the song spots. It's right. like the top 15 and the bottom 10 that are really giving me problems. So yeah, we're we're going to see. We're almost done. But uh, before we before we uh, gallop down the home stretch of moisture, let's do a little math. Listeners will be right back. Saw you at the farm picture on a cloak. Rework it. Stole a credit card and.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Okay, I'm going to first read you the placements of our new songs and then read you the overall top 10. Coming in at number 30, it's Kenny Loggins with This Is It uh, with 31 points overall. Coming in at number 23 is Summer Breeze by Seals and Crofts at uh, with 39 points. So they are still in the lower half of things, though not quite in Sarah's basement. If you know what I mean. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't either. What? (laughs) Um, Then at number 19, uh, Waiting for a Girl Like You with 51 points. At number 13, Sister Golden Hair with 59 points. And now, drumroll please, uh, coming in at number 10, 10 still hanging in there. Lionel Richie with hello at Mm -hmm. 74 points. And I'm just going to check because this one has moved a bit. And I think that's pretty interesting. So last week longer was number 19, Sarah. Huh? But this week it jumps all the way back up to number nine. Wow. A huge leap back into the top 10 for Dan Fogelberg. All right, folks. Uh, so that's with 76 points. Uh, the 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 listeners went soft on fog, Fogles, but then they came back to love him all over again. Um, coming in at number eight with one point more, 77 points, it's Lady. Uh, hanging in quite strongly is Key Largo at number seven with 81 points. And I do want to note that last week, Key Largo was 13th place, but... I reevaluated my relationship to Key Largo <laughs> after thinking through my relationship to Dr. Hook, and so I ranked Key Largo 4th this week and now wow. it is in 8th place overall. Thanks to me. I'll take all the credit. And um in uh in wait, did I just say that it was in 8th place cuz I meant 7th place? Sorry y'all. There's some confusing things on this spreadsheet. So just for my own sanity, hello Lionel Richie 10th. Longer, Dan Vogelberg, ninth. Lady, Kenny Rogers, eighth. Key Largo, Bertie Higgins, seventh. Then, sixth place, make it with you. Still my number one, but uh, uh, still doing pretty well. Sixth place, 84 points. And then, bounding onto the chart in a very strong fifth place is Sometimes When We Touch (laughs) by Dan Hill with 92 points. Wow. Then at uh, in fourth place, we've got the Everstrong Ambrosia with How Much I Feel with 94 points. Then in third place, Paul Davis, Cool Night, 96 points. In second place, Baby Come Back player, 99 points. And once again, first place, breaking 100 points, 102 points. It's still. I'd really love to see you tonight. Can they be stopped, Sarah, or do we have a champion on our hands? Um,
0: I'd just like to note that after all of Mike fetching about there how there's too many Dans,
1: like the, aren't they all in the top? Let's see. I'd really love to see you tonight as in first, yes, with England Dan. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we touch is in fifth, Dan Hill. Dan Fogelberg is in the ni- is in ninth place. Yes, there are three Dans in our top 10.
0: And where's, who was the third? There was the fourth, there was a fourth one, right? Isn't there a fourth yeah. Dan?
1: Who is it? He's in a band, right? Maybe. Dan, uh, well, it doesn't matter. We've definitely got a surfeit of Dans in the top 10. Chevy sure. Dan? No. Oh, right. Steely Dan. That's yes. the other one. Steely Dan, but they're all the way down at 22.
0: Mm, interesting wow well listeners thank you so much for uh giving this as much thought as we have which we know for a fact you have and we really appreciate it fun some of the fun of this is treating it like it's super serious and has the force of law which as we know it does it does so uh we're almost we're almost there we're almost to the top 40 uh we will get there next week in the meantime visit patreon.com/mastass you don't have to be a paid patreon supporter to enjoy all of the voting and commentary but we'd love to have you then you can come to the happy hours and vote on other secret sauce stuff in between seasons so join us patreon.com/mastass and Just from me to Mark, thank you for dealing with all the polling, which I know Patreon makes very complicated, and I appreciate your efforts.
1: Well, I am just glad to do it, and I appreciate everyone for voting, and I know that we've had to do some complicated things to make the polling work over there, but I appreciate everyone hanging in. Your enthusiastic support and comments have made this so much more fun, and as Sarah and I were saying when we were tallying up the scores, we're both going to be a little sad when this is over, but it's not over yet. We got 40 hot ones to talk about. (laughs) coming up in one more episode so oh my god that's when we're going to also finally get some barbara fucking strisand up in here
0: oh boy well yeah uh so once again thank you for listening thank you for voting and we will talk to you next time when our america's damn 40 is solidified i didn't want
1: the into a gelatinous mound (laughs) Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me.
0: I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Bleave Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com.
1: To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at Mark and Sarah You'll also find all of our social media links there too.
0: That's Mark and Sarah, with an H, TalkAboutSongs.com. And for even more content and access the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash
1: Mastass. Thanks for listening.
0: talk about songs talk about songs talk about songs
1: thank you for listening to Believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5 star rating on your preferred platform check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube